0: I'm uh, Dr. William Mulligan, and I'm from the School of History and Archives in UCD. I'm going to talk about the origins of the First World War. The First First World War breaks out in July and August 1914. By early August 1914, five of Europe's great powers, uh, Germany, Austria, Russia, France and Britain, find themselves uh, at war. It's the uh, seminal... Uh, catastrophe and conflict of the uh, 20th century. Historians have uh, devoted considerable attention uh, to the origins of the war and they've identified a number of causes uh, for the war including uh, rising imperial tensions before 1914, uh, the uh, construction of an alliance system in Europe before 1914, uh, the role of military leaders, uh, the uh, influence of public opinion on foreign policy, and uh, the impact of uh, world economics on uh, foreign policy and politics in general. And I'm going to examine uh, each of these uh, causes in turn uh, to see uh, how they contributed uh, to the uh, outbreak of war in 1914. Imperialism has uh, often been uh, cited by historians as a cause of the war. Since the 1880s, European powers expanded rapidly across the world, particularly in Africa and Asia. And this led to growing tensions between a number of them, between uh, Russia and Britain in in Central Asia, between Russia, Britain and Germany in the Far East, between Britain and France in North Africa, and also between Germany and France uh, in North Africa. This led to a whole series of crises uh, that uh, plagued international politics uh, from the 1880s until the period just before the First World War. Uh, These crises are well known, including uh, the, uh, the Boer War, uh, the Russia-Japanese War of 1904-05 and the two Moroccan crises between France and Germany in 1905-06 and in 1911. Uh, these crises were deemed to uh, ratchet up tensions between the great powers uh, and transformed international politics into a zero-sum game in which defeat in the imperial stage uh, would inevitably mean a catastrophe in Europe and that a power might sink to the uh, position of being a second-rate state. While there's a lot to be said for this argument, uh, there are some uh, problems with it, most notably between 1911 and 1914. uh, There are actually very few imperial crises. Most of the crises that lead directly to the First World War take place uh, within the continent of Europe uh, and have nothing to do with uh, the general imperial tensions. Also, many of the imperial powers are actually able to resolve their differences in a reasonably peaceful way. So, for instance, Britain comes to an agreement with Russia in 1907 over Central Asia. Britain comes to an agreement with France over North Africa in uh, uh, 1904. And Britain and Germany, uh, although they were rivals from around 1900 to 1910, uh, begin cooperating on a whole series of imperial issues around the globe between 1910 and 1910 and 1914. So to a certain extent imperial tensions have decreased in the immediate uh, years before the First World War. Historians have also uh, looked at uh, the alliance system as a cause of war. Before 1914 there were two alliance blocks in Europe. The first block was formed so-called a triple alliance which was formed by Germany, Austria and Italy. The other block was a looser uh, formation formed principally by France and Russia uh, but a bloc which Britain joined in 1904 and 1907 to form the so-called Triple Entente. Historians have argued that these two alliances uh, split Europe into confrontational blocks which made the resolution of uh, international crises much more difficult. That alliance partners tended to drag uh, their allies into conflicts in which they had no immediate interest. So for instance, uh, Britain finds itself going to war in nineteen fourteen uh, over a dispute in the Balkans, in which Britain had no immediate uh, immediate interest. Again, there is a lot to be said for this interpretation, uh, but we must treat it with a certain degree of caution. After all, uh, allies were able to restrain each other as well as uh, drag each other into conflicts that they, didn't, uh, that they didn't want to fight. So, for instance, in 1912 and 1913, Britain restrains Russia while Germany restrains uh, Austria. Moreover, just because two powers found themselves on the opposite side of the alliance system didn't mean that they couldn't cooperate on certain issues. France and Germany cooperate in uh, between 1906 and 1911 in Morocco, uh, and Germany and Russia, who uh, end up going to war of course in 1914, uh, cooperate uh, reasonably closely with each other uh, in the uh, Near East in 1910, 1911 and even 19, uh, 1912. Uh, so the uh, alliance system does cause a certain amount of rigidity in the, international, in the international system, uh, but it also provides a certain degree of stability and security to each of the great powers. The third reason that historians often identify as a cause of the war is the role of uh, military leaders uh, before the First World War. Military leaders uh, such as Helmut von Moltke, such as Conrad, who was the chief of the Austrian General Staff, uh, played a significant role in the decision-making and war plans uh, before 1914. These war plans were deemed to be uh, very aggressive and to reduce uh, the uh, time that was available to diplomats to resolve uh, any, given, any given crisis. Um, the military often urged uh, their civilian governments to launch a preventative war, if at all possible. Uh, they uh, saw international relations as a system in which war was almost inevitable, and to quote Helmut von Moltke, the chief of the German general staff, the sooner the better. Again, there are some difficulties with, uh, with this interpretation. Uh, after all, uh, soldiers had urged preventative wars on European governments from the mid-1880s, but at various turns, the civilian governments were able to control their military, uh, their military leadership. In the 1880s, Bismarck is able to prevent German generals from launching a preventative war against Russia. And again in 1905, uh, the uh, German government prevents Schlieffen from launching a preventative war against France. However, the uh, arms races which take place in Europe before 1914 certainly contribute to an increase in tension and to a loss of security amongst the the powers. We have the Anglo-German naval race, uh, which lasts from the uh, early 1900s until 1912, uh, but much more serious is the uh, arms race between uh, Germany and Austria on the one hand and France and Russia on the other hand, uh, which is ratcheted up uh, between uh, 1912 and 1914. And it's the fear in Germany and Austria that they will be overtaken by France and Russia uh, that leads uh, some civilian leaders to conclude, uh, along with Moltke, that the sooner Germany goes to war, uh, the better it would be. We're all uh, very well aware of the, uh, the famous picture of, uh, of Hitler uh, when he is uh, in a crowd in Munich in 1914. And this seems to testify uh, to the enthusiasm with which the European population uh, greeted the outbreak of war. Historians have tended to, to argue that public opinion was uh, belligerent and nationalist before 1914, and this put pressure on governments to adopt aggressive stances in foreign policy, which almost certainly would lead to war. We certainly uh, can see the rise of uh, large nationalistic, militaristic uh, movements across Europe before 1914, uh, arguably from the Boy Scouts in Britain uh, to the uh, Navy Leagues in Germany, as well as the uh, so-called League of Patriots in France, the rising nationalism and pan-Slavism in Russia before 1914, which puts pressure on the governments to adopt a more aggressive stance in foreign policy. Yet, again, uh, closer inspection of the public mood in 1914 showed that many, um, many ordinary people were deeply concerned about what war would bring, uh, feared that their loved ones would die, uh, feared uh, that they would uh, lose their possessions, feared uh, the uh, economic calamity uh, that was about to, uh, about to befall them. Uh, so, so there were many cautious people in Europe in 1914 and public opinion uh, was certainly not uniformly aggressive uh, at the outbreak of war in 1914. Another reason uh, uh, that historians have identified for the outbreak of the First World War is rising economic tensions However, before 1914, uh, the world economy was increasingly interdependent and increasingly integrated. Capital flowed from country to country, trade increased on an almost annual basis, and migrants could flow to wherever work was to be found. This interdependence uh, created incentives uh, to keep the peace uh, rather than to go to war. Most financiers and businessmen uh, wanted to invest to make profit uh, and saw war as a danger uh, to their business interests. However, this still leaves us with the conundrum, why did war break out in 1914? After all, if many of the reasons that historians have identified imperialism, alliances, the role of the military, the influence of public opinion and economic issues before 1914 do not fully explain why war broke out, uh, then uh, we we have to look uh, at some other reasons. In my view, uh, tensions increased rapidly between 1911 and 1914, The second Moroccan crisis, which breaks out in the summer of 1911 uh, between France and Germany in North Africa, sets off a series of crises which leads uh, to uh, the outbreak of war in in 1914. Once the uh, Moroccan crisis is resolved between France and Germany, it however sparks a war between Italy and the Ottoman Empire, which in turn sparks a series of wars in the Balkans as small Balkan states, Serbia, Montenegro, Greece and Bulgaria, seek to throw off the yoke of of Ottoman rule as they see it. Uh, This, in turn, puts pressure on the whole European state system so that by 1914, many of the factors which had uh, created peace or maintained peace before 1914 have now been considerably weakened by this series of crises. So when the July crisis breaks out in 1914, uh, the major European powers are much less convinced that peace can be sustained and therefore uh, there are more incentives for their leaders uh, to choose the path uh, to war. So, in conclusion, uh, any analysis of the origin of the First World War must pay close attention to the series of crises that bedeviled European politics between 1911 and 1914, and how these interacted with the other factors uh, that we've spoken about earlier in this podcast.